Benzinga's NFT show. We've got a good one for you today. Going to be talking to Carl Jones of Bubble Goose Ballers. It's a really exciting project, really cool media ties. I'm excited to get into that interview. Also, later on, we'll be giving an update on Board Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, what's going on, and maybe does Magic Eden want to partner with the Ape DAO on a new marketplace? All that and more. Don't go anywhere. This is The Roadmap. All right, welcome everyone to The Roadmap. If you're new here, thanks for joining in. Go ahead and subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel if you're not already doing so. Smash that like, let's get things going. I do want to give a shout out before we start today's episode to FTX, the sponsor of today's episode. FTX is one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of trading volume and daily users. The FTX app is used by over 6 million people to buy crypto and NFTs, no transaction or withdrawal fees. You can use your phone or computer, and the FTX trading platform offers NFT trading on both the Ethereum and Solana blockchains with no gas fees. To find out more and get signed up for your own FTX account, click on the link in the description below and also in the chat right now. Before we get into today's interview, I want to bring on my co-host and producer, Alyssa. Alyssa, Hi. what's going on? And nothing much, just doing the roadmap, about to do an interview. <laughs> yeah, super excited. Uh, Alyssa, you know, we, we've gone back and forth. We've done a couple of these interviews, you know, with Solana projects, and they tend to actually have higher viewership than the Ethereum projects. So we'll see if that rings true today as well. Super excited about this one. I know we talked about it, uh, you know, uh, a while back, right? Bubble Goose Ballers, a new collection on Solana, and this comes from he is the producer of some hits like the Boondocks and Black Dynamite. Um, and now he is in the world of Web3 and NFT. So super excited to hear what Carl has planned for the NFT space and also for this this cool looking Bubble Goose Baller character, right? I mean, Alyssa, mm -hmm. what do you think of this character and this artwork here? I freaking love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it jumps off the screen again, like these these cool colors, right? The, this cool, you know, goose character. And we're going to hear all about the inspiration for that character, that artwork. And also, this is another one of those where, like, it wasn't just someone who was like, hmm, NFTs, let me create this brand new character, right? Bubble Goose Baller goes back several years this was an existing character that carl was able to bring into web3 i always love that story um you know when people can do that they can bring that past experience moving forward so i'm excited to hear more about that Alyssa, what do you think should we uh get started with our interview today yeah yeah 
All right, everyone. Well, if you're watching us live, go ahead and smash that like and drop a comment in the chat and let us know you're here. You're ready for Carl to come on. I am super excited to welcome to the roadmap, Carl Jones. Carl, welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing great. How about yourself? Can't complain. That's awesome. Well, Carl, you, you heard me intro you a little bit there. Um, before we dive into Bubble Goose Ballers, um, you know, I did say you were the producer on the Boondocks and Black Dynamite. Can you just give viewers and listeners a brief description of your background outside of the NFT space? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I started out... Um, on the boondocks and and uh from the boondocks i went on to do an animated series called black dynamite uh with michael jai white and uh it was a, it was a it was originally a, a film um that, that um we had you know we adapted into a tv series and took to adult swim um since i already had a really good relationship with them you know coming off the boondocks and um from there i went on to do um a one-off an animated movie for Adult Swim called Freaknik the Musical. Um, <laughs> so I know it's a weird name, but uh, that was really fun. And, and since then, I, I went on to do some stuff with Comedy Central. I produced a show called Legends of Chamberlain Heights with Tiffany Haddish. Um, uh, I also did some live action stuff. Um, I produced a sketch comedy show at Fox with uh, Jamie Foxx and Atheon Crockett. Um, uh, a bunch of more stuff with Adult Swim. I uh, did a show called Laser Wolf, um, starring Vince Staples, created by Henry Bonsu, and um, and also Jellies with Tyler, the creator. Um, showrunner on Last OG. Uh, right now, currently um, producing a series at HBO Max with uh, Matthew Cherry, the creator of the Oscar-winning film Hair Love. And we're turning that into an animated series called Young Love. Um, also... Um, was developing a, a show, an animated show called Good Times, um, based on the the seventies um, live action Good Times with uh, Norman Lear's company, Steph uh, Curry's company, and Seth MacFarlane's company. Um, so, yeah, that's and 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 here we are now in Web three. Here we are. I mean, Carl, that was an impressive resume that you just talked about in the media space uh, and some big names that you've worked with as well. So now, as you said, here we are. How did we get to NFTs? Uh, how did you first hear about Web3 NFTs and what kind of brought you into that new space? Um, well, the first time, uh, well, I've been hearing like, you know, just stuff around. I've been hearing people, you know, just been whispers about NFTs, you know, for years. Um, but I think the first time I actually had like a real conversation about NFTs and, and, and the possibilities of NFTs was probably about maybe about two, two, two years or two and a half years ago. Um, uh, ben Willis, who's a part of Wagme Beach, uh, he and I worked together on a show that I didn't mention. It's called Sugar and Toys. It was an animated show we did for Fuse Network. And um, uh, Super Duper Kyle was the host of that show, who was also um, one of Ben's clients, right? So that's how I met Ben on that show. And we just, you know, connected and we stayed in touch. Um, and I did like an animated music video for him, um, uh, for Yuna, the artist Yuna. And so we just had like a really good rapport. And one day he called me up and he said, look, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're venturing into some, um, 
you know, into the Web3 space and we're talking about doing some NFTs and stuff like that. And I just really couldn't wrap my head around it. And he did a good job of explaining it. <clears throat> but I, I just I, I only had the concept of them being, you know, pieces of digital art. And at the moment, I really couldn't see a real need for me to, to do that because I was just looking at it as digital art. I wasn't really familiar with the utility and, and, and it was still early on too. So there wasn't, you know, like, you know, so they, they were, Ben was also, they were also getting their feet wet for the first time. So anyways, um, we stopped talking, I guess for about a year and, and a half. Um, and I was honestly going through a lot of, I was getting a lot of pushback from the networks for, for, for two projects that I was working on at the time. And, and I just, it just started to dawn on me that like, this was during the pandemic and, you know, we were, uh, you know, I was, so I was being, I was luckily I was able to produce two projects at one time, right. Because, you know, we were doing it via zoom and both of those projects were, were really good projects, but I can tell there's been a, there's been a huge shift when it comes to, you know, what we can, what we can do creatively, you know, because a lot of the networks are starting to operate more from a place of fear because, you know, cancel culture. And, and also there's just a, there's just more sensitivity to, um, how we portray black characters on screen, which which I'm also, you know, not only am I cognizant of it, I'm also I also care about it, but I also think that there was a lot of overcorrecting that was taking place, you know, in television and film because of the lack of representation of black people, right? So then it, it put us in as creatives, it put us in a place where it was really difficult to do comedy because you have to create flawed characters, but yet you know you, we're also responsible for showing these very, you know, you know, you know, perfect, polished, great examples of black people on TV. So it just, it just, it just put comedy, it was really difficult to just, you know, to, to mine for jokes and do comedy. So I was really feeling a lot of pressure at that time from the networks and, and seeking some, some creative freedom, you know? Um, so I called Ben back up <laughs> and I was like, Hey, tell me about this NFT stuff again. And he said, well, it's a good thing that you called now. He said, because, you know, we've actually, you know, grown since the last conversation I had with you and we've had some success. We launched this project called Catalina Wells. And, you know, so he sent me some stuff. And from that night on, I was, I was spending like all my days and nights just studying and studying and stuff. Cause I was really, really, I was amazed at the community that they built around this project and how these people became like evangelists for this, for this property. And, and, and that's what really got me excited. And, and, and then being able to use that as a launch pad to build a brand and have the creative freedom that they, that, that they needed to tell the type of stories that they wanted to tell was the thing that really, really caught my attention. So he got you into NFTs and then you went down the rabbit hole of spending hours and hours and days of uh, looking at NFTs. And, and now here we have Bubble Goose Ballers. Um, so I read on the website a description, but for anyone out there who doesn't know about, you know, this bubble goose coat, tell us about how your background kind of played into the inspiration for this character. Yeah. So in my neighborhood, when I, when I was growing up, um, which was actually like during the, uh, the crack epidemic. So there was a, you know, a lot of people were selling drugs and the bubble goose coat was what I saw all the ballers in the neighborhood wearing. Right. So it became almost like a status symbol to me. You know what I mean? Like, it represented at that time, like somebody who was taking control of their life and, you know, 
turning a bad situation to a good situation, despite how they were doing it, of course, right? But um, but even even you know even with that being said, I I I you know I, I could speak all day about just the context of that, but the point is, you know, I used to draw all these characters in my sketchbook that had these bubble boots coats because it was kind of aspirational and it was it was something that was 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 dope and it was cool to me. And um, so it always, uh, you know, it always like made a way in, in, into, into my sketches. But one day I decided to draw this goose with a bubble goose coat on, right? And um, that character just kind of stayed with me since I was a kid. And it just, you know, for some reason it, it just kept reoccurring in my, in my sketchbooks and it just would not go away. So I knew there was something special about it, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. Um, and then I had an opportunity to um, explore doing something with this character as an animated series with Adult Swim. And this was right after Black Dynamite got canceled um, for being too controversial, I think. Um, but uh, so Adult Swim still wanted to work with me. So they said, look, well, what else do you have? Just something that's not as risque, right? So I said, well, I do have this other show. I have this other idea I've been messing around with. It was called Bubble Goose and Juice at the time. So it was this Bubble Goose character, but his best friend, he had a best friend that was a juice bottle, right? <laughs> that had like a brown paper bag over his head. And um, so I started developing this with Cartoon Network um, and we just had creative differences, right? Like we just, we, we really, I'm sorry, with Adult Swim Cartoon Network. So we, we, we had some creative differences. They were, you know, asking me to go down a road that I really didn't want to go down and, and, and pull back away from stuff that I was really passionate about. And, um, an important thing to note, at this point in time, I was actually homeless. <laughs> so I was literally living in the Cartoon Network office that I was making my pilot at, right? And no one knew it. <laughs> so what I would do is, like, early in the morning, I would wake up and I would, I would leave the office before people would come in, right? And then I would, like, I would, it was in Burbank, so I would go to the Burbank Mall and I would, I would, I would do laps with a lot of the old people that was in the mall. And then I would come into the office and pretend like I just came from home. Um, but I was doing this while I was working on the pilot. And the reason why I brought that up is because when we were having creative differences, it came down to me making a decision, right? Like I was, I was homeless at the time. So I'm thinking, so I could, I could address these notes and do what they're asking me to do and still, and still have a pilot and a place to lay my head. Or I can tell them no and take this character and go find some other place to live. And that's what I chose to do. So I walked away with it and some years passed. And, you know, when I talked to Ben that second time, I thought that maybe this, maybe this is the way to reintroduce this character to the world. Carl, that's such an inspiring story. I know people in the chat are loving it. Also, uh, shout out to the mall walkers. Uh, I used to work <laughs> in in a restaurant located in a mall. And oh man, are those mall walkers, uh, they are serious uh, about their business. And uh, it, it always cracks me up. I, I'm here in Michigan and we could have, you know, a foot or two feet of snow out there. I'm like, oh man, I have to drive in this blizzard to get to work today. And I get there and there's all these cars in the parking lot. And sure enough, it's the mall walkers. Yeah. You can't miss a day of walking in the mall. So I had to share that too. But I'll turn it over to Alyssa here with a question for you. Well, first off, I wanted to say like your background is like Chris said, super inspiring. And I can just like imagine like a young artist hearing that. Like it's really, really nice to hear, you know, like you're cool. <laughs> but I wanted to... I I wanted to ask you about like the art, um, like what your favorite trait is 
with the bubble bubble goose ballers. Yeah, I would. I man, it's hard to say, and, and I think I think it changes from week to week. But probably the college dropout, like the the teddy bear head, like that's um, probably like my favorite trait. Um, and then the shark tanks, the the uh, the shoes with the like the gold metallic. Oh, gold. this one. Yes. <laughs> yes, those ones. Oh yeah. my god! I was going through. Um, well, and I was making today's thumbnail. I was just going through like the highest last sale and like all of the traits. Like I just love all of them. They're so funky and like colorful and just cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was inspired a lot by um, I don't know, a lot of cartoons in the '90s. Really, like like I was a big fan of like Rocco's Modern Life and like. Um, Cow and Chicken and, and the, you know, Johnny Bravo and, and like all of those shows from that era. Even the Nickelodeon stuff like was, was really cool at that time. Um, and uh, yeah, SpongeBob, like all of that stuff was like really fun, like where they would really push the shapes of these characters and, and, and really get uh, creative, like with the expressions, like Ren and Stimpy also, like they would do like really weird shaped eyes and, and not be afraid to like push the faces into some really you know, weird places, right? And and um, so I wanted to create a character that you know when we do um, do the show, you know, we would have that same um, capability. Nice. Do you have any um, hidden traits in these? No, we nope. no, we don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, these traits are so cool. Like Alyssa said. I mean, going through them, you can spend hours just looking at these these cool colors too and, and this wonderful character that you've created um you mentioned you know uh wag me beach uh they did catalina whales um and you are now kind of under that umbrella so what does that mean what does that relationship kind of mean going forward how do you work with that company and what could it mean for bubble goose ballers in the future yeah i mean we're still exploring um you know, what the future looks like. But I mean, I will just say like, I mean, they, you know, the, first of all, they're, they're amazing. They're incredible. Like each one, each, each one of the members of, of, of this, of this uh, crew, man, they all bring something really dope and unique to the table. And, and they taught me a lot about the space. Um, Love and I who was the, my co-founder, um, Love Barnett. Um, you know, they, they, they already had an infrastructure in place. And also they built a really strong community um, around Catalina Wells that was very, very supportive of Bubble Goose Ballers. So, you know, shout out to to the whole community and, and Wagney Beach for, you know, for even like, for number one, introducing this project to their, to their community. But second of all, like the way their community embraced us was just like, I mean, it's, it's, it was, it's literally like a family, you know, like, and I know, cause I know people, people talk about community in this space a lot, like in a very cliche way, you know, but like, this is like a really, really strong family oriented, tight knit community. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you have this quote pinned on your Twitter right now, and it is from the one and only uh, Walt Disney. It says, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing that it was all started by a mouse. And you've talked about kind of creating the next Disney, the next Pixar. 
Um, tell us a little bit about what that means. How do you get to that finish line of creating this new media company all kind of brought together by NFTs, Web3 and Bubble Goose Ballers? Yeah, I, I, so I think, um, you know, I started this project thinking that we would make a pilot, possibly a movie, you know, do some toys and, and some other giveaways you know, for, for the community and, and, you know, some merch and, and things of that nature, the things that you typically see with a lot of NFT projects, right? But I always had this vision of, of doing kind of like, you know, a, an adult animated Pixar type company, uh, you know what I mean? Or Disney, right? And um, I never really put the two together, you know, in terms of like, like how to bridge the NFT space or the Web3 with you know, those dreams of, of where I wanted to go with my Hollywood career. But the more that I started to dig into the space and started to understand the technology, I realized that this technology could be used to do more than just create this, and, uh, this NFT project or launch this NFT project. We can build brands. We not only build a brand, but we can build a studio, right, that the community participates in and has some stake in. And you know what I mean? And, and, and I think to me, it's, you know, using, using the blockchain as a, as a, as a, um, as a, I would say more of a tool, you know, to, to launch IP and to, and to build brands is, is more important to the future of where entertainment is going right now, you know, than NFTs, you, you know what I mean? Like NFTs per se, I mean, like, and I know NFTs have kind of been stigmatized, but I understand like, the, the, the reason for that is, you know, when you, I mean, when you look at the success of some of these projects that have, that have, um, you know, I mean, they're monster projects like, like, like Board Ape is, is, I mean, they, you know, they, I mean, they taught us all how to build communities, right. And, and they caught lightning in a bottle and they created a project, they created a project in a, in a, in a property that was a phenomenon. It was just, it was just like an enigma. Right. Um, but the, but part of the problem with that is now, this expectation to do that again, at least from my perspective, I see like, you know, I see people sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, they might tweet like, Hey, you know, you got to jump on bubble goose ballers because it could be the next, you know, blue chip or the next board eight. And, and I, and I don't really want to look at it like that because, you know, I, I think, because I think beyond the NFT, right. What we're trying to do is, is, is build, um, build a legacy that, can come from an actual studio model, right? And, and I think I think you know, I think I think the studio the, the that that aspect of it got me even more excited because then I saw that this could be this could be what I think Hollywood needs to understand. Number one, the power of of of, of the of the technology in the space, right? And it, and it will it will eventually start to reshape. The way that they do business and the way that they treat creatives, which is also really important to me, because a lot of times we don't really have the leverage, you know, to 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 one keep the creative integrity of, of our projects, but also just financially, we find ourselves working to survive, not working to actually create. You know what I mean? And 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 I so I so I see this um, in success if we are able to utilize the blockchain to launch a, a studio model that will also create freedom for other other creatives and allow them to build brands and 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 also um, you know leverage that success into Hollywood and and allow 
Hollywood to participate in those in those IPs, but in a more in a more decentralized way, then that to me is the that's the ultimate end all be all for, for me, you know. Awesome. Carl, I, I want to highlight a couple uh, comments here in the chat. Um, so we got one from Crypto the Only. I love the whole Web3, 2 and 3 community and love how Bo Bubble Gooseballers and Carl Jones are giving people like me insight on how the whole animation industry works. Uh, great comment there. And Carl, yeah, I mean, I, I see you being an inspiration. Um, and Alyssa hit on that as well. And then we got a highlight the, this comment here from Night for Humanity, uh, you're the producer of Boondocks. Thank you for the laughs. The animation of that show was top notch. The nights in high school I spent watching it. So cool. Uh, oh, Carl, I mean, what do you think of those comments? People here loving, um, you know, connecting those old TV shows you did now with what you're doing uh, going forward. I, I love it, man. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's still... Uh... You know, I mean, still, it's, it's, you know, I don't know what to say a lot of times because you understand, like, when we when we did the Boondocks, there, there wasn't a whole lot of people that were part of that show that had a whole lot of TV experience, right? Like, you know, we we were just, you know, we, we, we were good friends and we were hanging out and we would, you know, I mean, it was hard work, but like, you know, we were doing stuff that we thought was funny and, and, and you know, we, we created a voice with that show that was that was very specific to just like a small group of people right and we had no idea it's not like 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 you know when we were doing the show we were thinking like we're going to make some kind of cultural you know phenomenon or anything like that it was just like we were just doing what was personal to us so when you know when, when you can see like how it's impacted people to this day especially how long ago <laughs> That was that, that we launched that series and 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 just just seeing how it's it, it's it stood the course of time like that's amazing to me. It's just like I, I I get overwhelmed by just the feeling of 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 how that's impacted people and I still even even with the community that's supporting Bubble Goose Ballers right now like you know I'll get in the Discord or we'll do spaces sometimes and and um and just to hear the love and the appreciation for it is just like it's just amazing and so and this is why I also want to give back like I, I feel like not even just not even really give back just for that you know but it's more about like now we're able to create the same kind of content right um with that same type of creative freedom with the community backing us and supporting us and participating in it you know both creatively and financially and I just think that's really dope I mean we because if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that community of supporters that we had along you know like we had a cult following for years but if it was and, and, you know which is the equivalent to me of, of a, it was a community right and if we didn't have that community of diehard fans the show would never be what it is so it's 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 weird looking back how nobody who supported the show and made it what it was today was able to participate in this success truly and and, and profit from it like you know what I mean? Like you should be able to. Definitely. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your animation studio, Martian Blueberry, um, that you started with Love Barnett. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about this animation studio? What does it mean for you? And also what can it mean for Bubble Goose Ballers down the road? Yeah, so um, Martian Blueberry uh, came about out of a need, right? Because you know, having worked in the industry for so long, 
the majority of the stuff that I've made has been very, very culturally specific. And we always run into a problem when it comes to translating the culture to these animation studios that we worked with in the past, right? And that, and that goes for domestic studios as well as the ones that we work with overseas, right? So I realized that, you know, I mean, it's no secret, there's, there is a lack of diversity um, in, in the whole industry, right? Um, but when it comes to, you know, understanding the cultural nuances, that, that's, uh, that can make or break a joke. And it can also take away from the authenticity of, of the authenticity of the of the um, the material that you're making, right? So like, I, I was so I was thinking, you know, long ago I, I wanted to do this, but I just really wasn't in the right position to do it. Um, so so uh, you know, so I found the right partners um, and and the right artists all over the world. And that's the other thing about the pandemic, like you know, since everything kind of shut down, you know, animation production was still happening because the the process is so compartmentalized. Like people started working with artists all over the world. Like so, so you could you could literally launch a virtual studio from anywhere, right? And that's exactly what we did, right? So, um, so we had some really really talented artists in um, in in Brazil that we're working with. We have some some artists in Africa, um, you know, some some in uh, various parts of, of of the U.S. and Canada, and um, but but we're able to handpick certain individuals that could could capture those nuances and do the things that we need to 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 get us to stand out in a industry that 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 lacks that diversity. So Carl, you were a uh, speaker at Vcon. Um, I was able to attend Vcon, a wonderful event put together of course by Gary V um, connecting all the V friends in the NFT community. What was that experience like for you? How does VCon compare to maybe some past events you've done in the like web two and media space um, for now web three and NFTs? Well, it's funny because I made a joke when we were on a panel, um, <laughs> when we did our panel there, right? I was looking out and, and you know, looking out at the crowd and, uh, and it was weird because usually I'm doing Comic-Con panels and people are like, just like, you'll see like, like poke, everyone's just like Pokemon or Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So so it was kind of weird looking out and seeing a whole audience of people dressed like regular people. Um, but uh, but no, it, it was it was fun and it was definitely um, enlightening. And I, and I met a lot of really interesting people that, um, you know, I mean, just the innovation is happening in the space is like really, really inspiring. And that, that more than anything, that's what I enjoyed, like meeting new people and hearing about their projects and stuff that they're doing. It's like 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 I got a chance to see people coming from all walks of life and different um, different careers, right? And and finding a way to take those 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 talents, those tools in their career uh, and, and, and you know in the things that they that they that they did in their in their former careers and bring them to web three and find like innovative ways to to integrate them into the into the space. Like that was the stuff that was that was really interesting to see. You know what I mean? Um, and then also just seeing all these people brought together and you know what I mean? Like, like it was like, uh, there wasn't a lot of dividing lines really, you know, it was like everybody kind of, everybody had, even though they, even though, you know, it was, I mean, it was Gary V's event. So he was Jesus there. Right. Everybody <laughs> was, you know, they were, it was definitely a praise Gary V <laughs> um, uh, festival, but, but 
you know, everyone was, it was all love. It's like, it's like just, I think, I think everyone's just like really excited to see so many people, you know, um, stepping into this space and they're very, very supportive regardless of if you're on Solana or Ethereum. Because we, we were the only Solana that I knew of, we were the only people there that was like, you know, representing, you know, Solana. And, but we were still embraced with a lot of love, you know. Carl, any uh, favorite panels that you got to watch or any uh, celebrities that maybe you met for the first time? You know, I, I know we got to hear like Snoop speak. We got to see Wyclef perform at night. Um, I don't know if you got to, you know, take part in any of that because you were so busy, you know, meeting people within your own community. But any uh, highlights for you, like as a fan or the outside looking in? Well, I, I did get a chance to meet Gary Vee for a quick second, you know, um, so, so that, that was cool. But I tell you the, the funny, the best highlight honestly was, so I'm, <laughs> I'm on the floor and I'm, I'm talking to somebody, right? And this old white woman walks up to me and she goes, oh my God, I haven't seen you in ages. And I said, who are you? She was like, it's, 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 it's um, Jill, it's Jill. You don't remember me? And I'm like, no, I don't. She said, why Clef? <laughs> You don't remember me, Wyclef? <laughs> and, uh. and, and she was so happy. I did not have the heart to tell her I wasn't Wyclef. So yeah. I rolled with it. <laughs> did she get a picture with you and everything? Yes. Or? <laughs> She's like, do you remember Jazzy Joyce? Of course you do. Look, we need to take a picture so I can send it to Jazzy Joyce. She is going to flip. And I said, all right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that is a great story. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I was fortunate enough. I got to attend VCon uh, with the Media Pass, which got me, you know, some access backstage, got to interview some different uh, celebrities and uh, community founders. And I mean, that Wyclef concert that first night was one of the highlights for me. I mean, I grew up listening to his music and then to be able to be that close to the stage was really cool. But uh, you being, uh, you know, mistaken for Wyclef, definitely going to be a, a memory I'm going to remember now hearing about with VCon as well. Um, Carl, speaking of celebrities, um, you know, a lot of NFT projects, some start with, you know, marketing, trying to get celebrities on board, others grow organically, and then celebrities kind of find the project and come in later, uh, which is kind of what we have happening now. Bubble Goose Ballers, uh, you've been doing these Twitter spaces, and we had Seth Green on a recent one, and we have the one and only Tracy Morgan coming yeah. on one tomorrow. Can you just talk a little bit about what it means to have Seth Green and Tracy Morgan on board and kind of what those relationships could mean for maybe the show down the road. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of the guests that I'm inviting in, 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 into these spaces, um, they, they're not real familiar with NFTs, right? Um, uh, Seth Green obviously is, as you know, but um, really for me, it, it was just, you know, an opportunity to introduce the community to some really talented people that I respect that I've worked with over the years and um, and getting some behind the scenes, you know, to some of their favorite TV shows or films, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, 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 um, you know, just getting, you know, some of these stories that you would, you would never, you would never hear. And a lot of people like Tracy, Tracy Morgan, for example, like, I mean, he's a, <laughs> he's a force of nature. Right. And, and just, you know, he's, so he's going to bring a lot of fun, but he's also um, a very, uh, he's a very, uh, how can I say it? A very passionate person, right? 
and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he cares about people a lot, you know? And I, and I think like a lot of people don't get a chance to see that side of him. Like they just see the crazy side of Tracy. But I, but I think like getting to know, you know, getting to see the, the crazy and, and, and the fun of, of, of who these people are, but also being able to have some real conversations about things that, you know, just regular life and just regular stuff, you know? Um, but but these but these but these actors and and um um there would be some producers and writers and and, and directors that that we'll have on on the show, but all of them um I have a lot of respect for they have a lot of respect for me and we definitely plan on working together in the future and I definitely want to you know bring their talents to Bubble Goose Ballers in some kind of way you know so that's that's definitely the plan. Carl, I want to turn to the roadmap for a minute. Um, after all, that's the name of our show, right? It's a term that's used um, by a lot of NFT projects, right? About what's to come, what's in the future. And on that original roadmap, you know, we've got different things, right? The community writers room, storyboards, partner announcements. Also, you mentioned earlier kind of those vinyl toys. And then we have the pilot down the road. Can you just talk a little bit about the timeline on some of these items, maybe vinyl toys and the pilot? Uh, what are we looking yeah. at in terms of those items hitting? Yeah, that, that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the tough part. Um, the golden uh, question that everybody wants to know, right? I know. I know the, the, the difficult thing is animation takes so long, you know, it's just, a, it's just a long process. Um, Every show that I made, I remember like during the downtime when we weren't having when new episodes weren't coming out, they, I would always get the question, "Did you guys get canceled?" I knew he was going to get canceled. <laughs> like, no, we're just making the other season. Um, so, so a lot of people aren't aware of how long it actually takes to do animation. So, I what I plan to do and what we started to do is 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 really you know create the type of transparency that will allow. The, the community to at least be involved every step of the way, right? So they can see see the progress that's being made, you know, on the on the TV show with the toys, um, with the bubble goose coats that we're doing with Fubu. Like, you know, so, like if we get if we get some designs, we're sharing some of those designs. You know, if, once we get to we get the storyboards, we get the animatics, all of that stuff is being shared with the community. Because because I, I I also feel like I feel like trust is something that. I have to earn. It's not something that they owe me. You know, they owe me. They don't know. We, we just met each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I know there's been projects where, you know, I mean, you know, there's rug pulls happen all the time. And, and so my, my, my goal, our goal, and, you know, um, as a team, we, we, we're trying to include the community every step of the way. Now, in terms of actual timelines, I mean, I mean, look, we, we would love to have the, um, the bubble goose coat. We'd love to have it. We'd love to have it done by winter time. <laughs> you know, um, uh, we, we'll see because we don't have a, a like a like a clear like date on when we would have the final delivery because we're still in the creative process of nailing down the designs and stuff. The the animate the animated um, um, pilot um, that uh, that schedule is being moved around a little bit, but um, we're uh, I can't I don't want to answer that right now. <laughs> but 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 it, it's it won't it won't take as long as a pilot would typically take. Um, and uh, the toys. So we, we're in talks right now with uh, Good Smile. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Good Smile, but they're, they're this huge Japanese anime toy company. Um, actually, they're, they're in the U.S. and in Japan, but they um, they do some really, really, really dope um, anime toys. And um, uh, they they've already said they're down, like they're in 100% to do the Bubble Goose um, toys. So 
we just got a, it's been, it's been um, convention season. So they've been all, you know, they've been running all over the place, like doing conventions and stuff. But as soon as I think they have like two more conventions in Japan, and then we're going to start nailing down the specifics of that. And then we'll, we'll have a, 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 a concrete deadline, but I will keep everyone posted for everything. That's awesome. Yeah. I always love hearing about uh, toys. I have three boys and they love that part of the NFT space. Um, so even if, you know, a bubble goose baller show is maybe aimed at adults and not at kids, uh, they're still going to love the toys. So uh, that's something that I'm excited for down the road. Awesome. We also got comic books. We're doing comic books also. That's perfect too. They, they love that too. <laughs> Um, I'm actually curious, how long does it take to animate like one 20 minute episode? Yeah. So, um, so, well, I'll, I'll answer it this way first. Um, so for an entire season, right. Let's say if you do, um, uh, let's say if you do 10 episodes of a, of a, of a 22 minute animated show, it typically takes somewhere between, um, 62 to 72 weeks right um yeah. so roughly like around a year and a half the boondocks was about 15 episodes which took us about two years to make each season right <clears throat> and the reason why i answered that way is just because um per episode like we usually have like because it's like a waterfall schedule that we're using we're like you know there's we go into production let's say we go into production on three episodes at one time um, well, all, at one point, all the episodes are in production at once, but they're in various stages of production, right? So, you know, we might be we might be writing one, one is being designed, while one is being storyboarded, while one is in post, and one is being, you know, what I'm saying. So, so like we we um, it, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a, it's a schedule that makes no no sense at all. Honestly, it's like it's an impossible schedule, and so we're we're literally trying to like you know like force a a square into a triangle, you know, with these schedules. But but typically, like for one episode, I mean, you could be looking at like, I don't know, like seven to eight months. That's that's wild. Yeah. Um, I always, I looked into like learning animation myself because I I'm also an artist. Um, but like, I just see how long some of these things take, and I know it's just the attention to detail and the process in itself. Like, it just takes a while and. A lot of people don't understand that who don't create, you know. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask, um, why did you choose Solana for this project? Well, um, one, um, I love the idea of, of not having gas fees. And um, I love that it was environmentally friendly. But the other thing is, you know, um, Wagney Beach has been, you know, working in the Solana space already. And they had a lot of great things to say, you know, about Solana. And I, I, I mean, I, that was really my first interest. I, I, I'll say this, like, I, I mean, look, my, my whole career, I've kind of done stuff that was, I guess, a little against the grain or wasn't, you know, we didn't take the traditional or, or the more popular route usually like, um, and so I knew, um, I had people that was telling me like, you know, Ethereum might be better for me. And, and, you know, because, you know, my credentials, my credits and stuff and the success that I could have on that blockchain. But to be honest, the thing that really, really got me inspired was the community. Like when I started looking at um, the communities around those Solana projects, like, you know, like D-Gods and, um, 
and um, Thug Birds and even, um, like I said, with Catalina Wells. I don't know. It was just like a, I, it just seemed, it, and I could be wrong because I, I, you know, like I said, I was new to the space. So I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know if I didn't do a whole lot of research on the Ethereum side, but I do know that like there was, there was definitely like a vibe in a, in a, in a very, um, you know, you know, cult like family, you know, um, atmosphere that I really liked a lot. You know what I'm saying? It was very intimate and, 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 um, you know, that, that's, but that's, like I said, from my own personal experience and my perspective, being someone new, new to the space, you know? Matt, yeah, I agree. Like when you look at the Solana <clears throat> project community versus like Ethereum, there is a vibe in the Solana community. And I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, about the project, um, what are you most excited about going forward with Bubble Goose Ballers? Man, um, I'm just excited about all the possibilities, you know, because, you know, as as we engage more and more with the community, you know, you start understanding like the, the value that people bring to the table, even creatively. You, you know what I'm saying? Which which was something I never factored in before. But I, I personally, I feel like and, and I don't, don't want to get too winded on this because I do feel real passionate about this. But like I feel like the more technology evolves. Um, the more time it frees up people to be creative, right? Because more stuff is being done, you know, by computers and technology. And and I say that because, you know, when, when I, because I, I think everybody has a story or everybody is creative and they just may be using their creativity to survive because most of us are in survival mode. So I think like the average person that's even like working at McDonald's, right? They'd be super creative and they might be creative in how they, hustle and find ways to pay their bills. But there's, it's rare that they have the opportunity to actually like, like use their creativity to create, right? And so there's something really dope about creating this space where you can, you can help people free themselves financially, but also free themselves so that they can be more creative because I do value their creative input as well. You know, and because I'm hearing some of the ideas that just get like just even tweets that people, you know, people within the community uh, make like I'm I'm laughing. I'm like crying, laughing all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like in the discord, they have me cracking up, you know, because there's so many funny, talented people that I know is just untapped talent. You know, so so part of my excitement is finding untapped talent within the community. You know what I mean? And also being able to help people free themselves up to be more creative. I love that. Yeah, awesome, Carl. That was, uh, we had a question here from Crypto The Only in the chat. Uh, is the community going to be able to contribute in the writing, um, which I think you just touched on a little bit. And also I know that's uh, in the roadmap. Uh, so I'm excited to see how that all plays out. Uh, Carl, before we let you go, um, you mentioned getting into NFTs, you know, over a year ago. Are there any other NFT projects that you, you know, hold? Do you follow along with the story? Um, do you own any Catalina whales since you're kind of, uh, you know, parallel with them? Any Anyone you'd like to shout out, not financial advice here on the show? Yeah, what well, I definitely want to shout out Catalina whales. <laughs> and yes, I am a Catalina whale holder. Um, um Thug Birds too. I think Thug Birds is really dope. I don't own a D God, but I, I I think the, I think that's another dope project. You know, OK Bears is dope. I I mean I think I think um I mean there's a lot of cool stuff, man. Like <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just so amazing to me. I, I would love to do some stuff with them. And then, um, yeah. Sorry, uh, I threw you off. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no just, but, but that, but that's the thing that's that's um, it, it's it, it inspires me to uh, you know, to to I don't know, to be more creative and try to like, like I look for projects that that are also like finding um, I don't know, like unique unique ways to communicate their brand. You know what I'm saying? Or um, or when they when I do see that they're looking past just the generative art pieces and they're and they're and they're and they're literally building a brand in, in, in a real way. Like those are the projects that really get me inspired. Like, you know, to see to just see like innovative ways that they're using the technology and see that they do have like a, a real vision. And it's not just like I'm a, I'm selling a product. You know what I mean? Like yeah. awesome. Well Carl, this has been great. Uh remind everyone the Twitter spaces yeah. with Tracy Morgan uh tomorrow what time? It's tomorrow at two o'clock. Is that PST? Two? No, wait. Okay, Pacific. Yeah, yeah. I was Pacific. gonna say I thought I saw five p.m. Eastern time. Five so. p.m. Eastern. Two. Yeah. Two. Perfect, two guys. So anyone listening or watching, two p.m. Pacific time, five p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Bubble Goose Ballers Twitter Spaces with Tracy Morgan. Don't miss it. Carl, this has been great. I loved hearing that inspiring story from you and. I look forward to following this pro uh, project and we hope to have you back on the show soon um, to get an update from you as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, everyone. What a fun interview, right? Alyssa, like that was so cool to hear Carl's background, right? How he created this project. I mean, the, the dude's a legend, right? I mean, like I use IMDb uh, for articles I write about, you know, movies and TV shows. And if you go look at his IMDb, like you see the shows he's done and everyone in the chat pointing out as well, you know, uh, Boondocks, Black Dynamite and others like so cool now to see him in the Web3 space. And again, uh, not financial advice, but when you look at projects and you want to bet on founders, mm -hmm. like here's one right here who's got the experience right so like yeah I feel like pretty confident yeah like when back uh backing it up back to rubatos when we're all saying we're bullish on pablo i'm i'm bullish on carl jones <laughs> he's <Yeah>. freaking cool <laughs> yeah and, and like i said like this is one that like i'm gonna show my kids the, this artwork later show them the the different nfts and be like hey there's going to be toys of this and, and they're going to, it's going to blow their minds. Right. Because like, mm -hmm. that's what they think of, right. Is like toys. And is there going to be a show? Is there going to be a movie? That's what they ask about any NFT project I, I show them. So like Carl said at the end there, you know uh, the difference between, you know, just some generative art projects and building out brands. And I mean, Alyssa, how cool is it that on Twitter, like his pin tweet again is a quote from Walt Disney talking about Mickey Mouse. And we've said the same thing over and over about Gary V, right? Trying to build V friends and calling it his Disney, his Mickey Mouse that he is going to build over the next years. Carl's got that same vision. And mm -hmm. I mean, that that's what I want to see happen in the NFT space is these brands being built, right? Not just yeah. art, not just a PFP, a whole brand being created to, to drive through the finish line. Yeah, when you see things like that, that that's when you can really tell like they're there 
to actually create and be here for us, the community, and just vibe with us, you know, <laughs> instead of just, hey, I want your money. Take right. my take this art, you know, this is freaking I love it. <laughs> I love projects like this. I love artists like Carl. I love it. Love it. Definitely. Well, guys, if you have not already done so, make sure you smash the like, share this interview. Um, Carl Jones from Bubble Goose Ballers, and of course the producer of the Boondocks and uh Black Dynamite and others in the works too. Like he started rattling off some of these other titles. And I'm like, oh, man, like this dude has got so much going on. Um, Alyssa, we're running out of time. Just a couple things to get to for news here. I don't know if you saw this one, but uh, uh, last night I happened to see like a bunch of tweets about this this new NFT project. Um, it was popping up on like Icy Tools and some others. Um, it did some huge volume uh, last night. It is uh digidai gaku Ooh. um 2022 unique characters developed by limit break um a company founded by world famous game designers gabriel Layden and helbert nagawa um this one was not even on my radar Alyssa. and now okay so we're at 1.99 it was 1.85 when i put this in the dock earlier i don't remember what the mint cost was but it was below um, point three, Alyssa, I actually saw this last night at like point four, point five, and I actually almost bought one because of the momentum, right? I'm not one to really normally do that, but I saw so many tweets about this. I saw people saying like it was trending all this. And I was like, part of me wants to buy one and huh. look at what point five would have gotten me today. And they yeah. are unrevealed. So there's still a potential catalyst. Um, but looking at that cover photo, Alyssa, what do you think of the artwork and had you heard of this project at all? I have not heard of it. And looking at the picture of the artwork, um, it's anime. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, it's like going after the um, the anime vibe and the NFTs. And I'm actually, I don't know how, it's a stealth drop and it's just trending. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't I don't yeah, know. So, so Alyssa, I mean, we go through cycles and like, remember for a while we had the free mint cycle, right? But a lot of those free mints were still kind of pre-announced, right? And it was like, hey, you, here's how you get on the, the, the white list, the allow list to get your free mints, right? So like, you might not even get a free mint um, if you're not on the list. And now are we back maybe to these stealth mints where like, the project launches a Twitter, they launch a Discord, they don't do an allow list, and just all of a sudden, boom, it drops. And sure enough, I, I think this was last night, um, so I missed it, and th this is what happened. So maybe we yeah. get some more stealth drops going forward. Yeah, I can probably go into a huge tangent asking everyone, like, whoa <laughs> like would you rather like do stealth drops do the whole free mint thing or just do what everyone else is doing release a massive roadmap like yeah we should do a whole episode on that honestly. We should. yeah we, we should that's a good call out um Alyssa, the other thing i want to get to since we talked about solana so much today magic eden we talked about yesterday right that they are adding ethereum to their platform and really trying to take on OpenSea, right yeah what better way to take on OpenSea 
than this new plan that they have to develop a marketplace for Yuga Labs. <laughs> they submitted a proposal with the ApeCoin DAO um, where they have said they will build the ApeCoin DAO marketplace, which will be the home for Ape coin holders to buy and sell NFTs, including Bored Apes, Mutant Apes, Bored Ape Kennel Club, all inside of the DAO's native home at a 0.75% transaction fee, no cost to the DAO. They said that they would build this marketplace on their own. They put out a thread on Twitter and they said, here's our vision. They said they've reached out to countless apes over Twitter. They've taken time to meet the communities um, and they're also going to lower fees, right? So if you trade with ape, you actually get a discount. Um, and again, they're going to do all of this up front if that proposal passes um, in the next three to four weeks. Uh, Alyssa, what do you think? Like, is this, do you think it happens? And also, like, is this the move that Magic Eden needed to take on OpenSea head to head? I mean, it is, yeah, it is a pretty good, solid move on their part. And it looks good. Um, I have a question about Magic Eden, actually. Whenever you go onto their website, does it freaking work for you? Because it's not working it for is, me. It is pretty slow when I go there, usually. So That's my main issue I'm having right now. I'm maybe sorry. Something, uh, something that they could work on with uh, that new funding round that they did uh, yeah. earlier this year. But no, uh, every yeah. time I yeah, try to can, look. I mean, you can see it on the screen right there. Like, it's not perfect. Um but like I said yesterday, I actually think they have a shot of taking at least part market share from, um, you know, OpenSea. And as yeah. I said, like Alyssa, a lot of these newer marketplaces, they try to partner with like a celebrity or something, right? So like GameStop, you know, did some exclusive NFTs. Coinbase did some. Even LimeWire, you know, did the Soldier Boy and the, the Travis Barker drop. Those exclusives with one person only take you so far. Partnering with Yuga Labs, like that gets you not only Board Ape, but all the other Yuga Labs assets. Maybe it gets you CryptoPunks down the road, right? Like Larva Labs has their own marketplace. Maybe you're able to build that in as well. Like, I just feel like, I don't know if this proposal will pass. I'm curious to see what some Ape holders have said, but they said they reached out to some Ape holders. So I feel like they're not going in blind. And like, if they reached out to ape holders and they were like, no, like we will never use magic Eden. I feel like they probably would have walked right. Like there's yeah. gotta be some sort of interest. Yeah. I think there's an, there should be interest. And like, I don't know. They need to, this is my opinion. I just, please. I want to look at your website. <laughs> That's my only thing. You can't really beat a uh, beat uh, or get to get on top and with OpenSea. <laughs> can't even look at anything. Is this just yeah. me? <laughs> no, it's not. I definitely went there when I was working on the dock earlier, and I couldn't get it to load. Okay, um, cool. But so either, not just you. Okay, cool. But if they if they fix that, and then the apes are on board and all that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then partnerships and celebrities, you got to be strategic with it, I think. Uh, and keep it coming and work on things together. And maybe, maybe they'll get there with, yeah. uh, on, uh, like, with OpenSea. 
Definitely. Well, Alyssa, this was a fun episode. Like I have been looking forward to talking to Carl Jones for a while, ever since Bubble Goose Ballers dropped. Um, That project looks amazing. That artwork is sweet. I can't wait to see a show. I can't wait to see toys. Can't wait to see comic books, like all this cool stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. I hope everyone takes time to check out Bubble Goose Ballers and also that Twitter spaces tomorrow. Um, with Tracy Morgan, uh, I have a feeling that's going to be pretty entertaining, um, given Tracy Morgan and how outspoken he can be. (laughs) Um, Alyssa, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I think maybe we should do a couple more Would You Rathers, uh, because I think the chat enjoyed that. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. Tune in to The Roadmap tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. In the meantime, don't go anywhere. You got pre-market prep at the close coming up at 3.30. Talking about all the top movers for stocks and cryptos today, we did get that CPI number. There is a lot to talk about if you follow stocks and crypto. Um, So stay tuned for that as well. Alyssa, anything else? Follow us on socials. And if you feel like uh, shooting us like, what we should talk about or like uh, input on how to fix or improve the show, feel free to message me or Chris uh, on our Twitter, social, social media accounts. And we'll listen. We'll listen. Yeah. Alyssa said all socials, but I got to shout out Twitter real quick for a minute, um, which of course, Alyssa helps manage our Twitter account. Um, so I know she's probably doesn't want to, to give the shout out here, but we are nearing <laughs> The 250,000 follower milestone. We are super close, Alyssa. Um, So come on, guys. Help us out. Help us get to that nice 250K followers number, and then we'll grow from there. But let us us get that win. Um, And I think that's pretty exciting to to reach that milestone. Uh, Yes, it is. Yeah, we'll do something special. Yeah, we're going to do something special as soon as we hit that 250K. We'll do something special for you guys. Definitely. And yeah, we got uh, White Snakers in the chat. Make sure you get your bubble goose. Yeah, uh, great interview. Uh, So cool. I mean, Alyssa, like Carl's background, just crazy inspiring. You're an artist. I know you really love that that breakdown too. Um, So I'm so happy to, to have him on the show today as well. Yes, it's like it's super inspiring for an artist. And I can imagine if like a young artist especially listens to that uh, interview. I'm going to send this to a few people, actually. (laughs) It's going to help. Definitely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Stay tuned for pre-market prep at the close and we will catch everyone tomorrow.